Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Security Confidential. Today, we are honored to have Jay Sheehan and Jordy Kern from the Seven Eagles organization uh, join us, along with my co-host, Tyler Smith, who's making a reappearance. So, uh, but really, this is about Jordy and Jay. So, yeah. Jordy, Jay, if you guys want to give us a little bit of a background about your organization. I, I know uh, we're partnered together. And, and I understand at a high level, you folks are doing a lot of great work with veterans, but give us some details. What are you folks about? Seven Eagle Group, uh, our primary focus is to help as many veterans and military spouses as we can in their career fields. Um, we are providing training in emerging technologies. We're constantly speaking with companies, trying to get them placed in either internship programs, work study programs, or direct hires. We've created platforms that allow the veteran and military spouse to work in remote or gig economy work. Uh, we also can get them into the contract side as well. So uh, we're pretty happy with what we're trying to accomplish. Our mission is strong. Um, and we're just out there every day plugging away. Now, folks that are coming out of the military typically have a very high degree of training in, in the specialized area. Do you, are, are the folks that you're working with, are they looking for civilian roles outside of their primary training? They're looking to make a career change? Or is it more that you're aligning with their primary skill sets that they picked up in the military and then trying to put them in the market with that? I mean, I guess, I guess a little bit of both. I mean, we have uh, veterans who come to us who have extensive backgrounds in technology and in other fields uh, and we place them into positions and then we have other uh, men and women who are looking for a career pivot and we'll we'll provide free training to help them accomplish those goals and jordy what was the impetus to start seven eagle group what what was uh, the inspiration behind it um, so we started about uh, six years ago. Uh, I didn't serve in the military myself. Uh, Jay, was, Jay was an Army veteran, but um, I, I wanted to start something to, to, to help out our country's heroes. I wish I did serve. I never took that opportunity. And uh, my father did in World War II, and I just always wanted to give back. And I thought this would be a great way to help, help people with their careers when they got out of the out of service. Yeah, so Tyler, you're, you're a partner here. Dark, you're a partner here at Dark Rhino, and uh, you you've kind of been the leader here in working with the Seven Eagle Group. What what do you what's your vision for this partnership? What what do you see happening here with uh, veterans? Um, just being able to give people a shot at uh, a career that can be rewarding. Um, uh, both monetarily and non-monetarily, um, you know, for me, security is more of a calling than in anything else. Um, and I think it aligns very well with that mindset that drove me to join the Marines yeah. in the first place. Um, you know, just serving something bigger than myself and, uh, uh, do you, want to you know, um, it's it's something that you do every day working in security where you have an impact. You 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 see the changes that you you've uh, 
uh, been a part of for the difference that you've made. And uh, I think it's it's a great opportunity for for veterans because when I see other veterans, I see myself like when I was transitioning. Um, you know, uh, I I was a bit lost to to, to just wrap it up neatly and briefly, um, and it took me quite a while to find my way to security. Um, and I really wish that there had been something there when I had gotten out that could have helped me make that transition uh, a bit more easily. Uh, so, but yeah, that, I'm I'm really excited about what we're doing. Right now, we're working yeah. with a small handful of veterans um, in a pilot program. Um, so we're trying to help get them the, not just the training, but like the deeper institutional experiences and knowledge uh, by partnering them up with uh, mentors that are working in security. So they can have somebody to talk to in the industry to help keep them motivated and answer questions and you know, just, just help them through the process, which Seven Eagles been instrumental in, in making that happen with us. So, yeah, one, one of the hurdles that we've had to overcome is a lot of hiring authorities want uh, experience. And that could be a challenge when you're going for an entry level job. How are you supposed to get experience? So, what Dark Rhino has been uh, doing for us is, uh, and for the veterans is amazing, where it gives them that opportunity to, to learn in a, in a real world setting and have something to uh, talk about when they do go on interviews. And this is something, Jordy, that I wanted to get back to that Tyler mentioned is the transition, you know, from the military to the civilian world. I would, so, Again, I've never served, uh, but maybe my false impression is that that transition is very, very smooth because people are so well-trained yeah, yeah, and they have such a breadth of experience um, you, you coming out of the military that they should have no trouble in, uh, in finding work in the civilian world. Is, is that a bit of a false notion or? If you could shed a little light. Tyler, you want to take that, or you want me to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can answer that one uh, personally. My personal experience uh, when I got out, um, I remember I applied for a supervisor's position um, so, at a company that did uh, like call center work, and in the Marine Corps, you know, at at one point in time, I was a fire team leader. Not a huge deal, but I was responsible for everything that three other human beings did or failed to do in, a, in any given period of time. Um, and, and there, you know, the supervisor's position was just overseeing 11 people for one shift. Uh, and they, they came back to me and said, well, you know, uh, we have a janitor's position that we think would be good for you. And <laughs> I was just, I was kind of blown away by it and you know that was that was about as bad as it got but at the same time it wasn't you know when i was going through tamps for me the transition assistance whatever of military personnel or whatever the acronym means um i remember they were going through and they're talking about all the different jobs yeah, and like the military and what their equivalent is in the civilian world 
and you know they got to infantry and they're like oh yeah there isn't one and that was it and that kind of summed it up for for me um you know i got out and uh i worked at a shooting range for a little while and it was rough you know um and i didn't really have a lot of opportunity to get ahead so it in and if that's my experience i'm pretty average i think in a lot of ways so i can't imagine it being a whole lot different for other veterans um you know and that's just just the carte blanche stuff i ran into that's not taking into account the people that ask me questions like well are you okay you know <laughs> thinking that i was some kind of like crazy homicidal maniac potentially because i was a veteran you know who could just snap at any time and it's I'm like yeah i'm fine what do you <laughs> what do you mean what am i am i okay and you know and then the, they never said it but you knew what they meant um so it's just that kind of stuff makes it difficult um and and going from the structure that i had to literally none whatsoever was a big big change so but yeah and jay i don't know if you want to throw anything else in there with that yeah i mean this is something i talk about all the time um i mean i i was lucky enough that i had a career field when i came home because uh my last stint of active duty was uh, they pulled me out of reserve and put me back on active so i had a career to go back to um because i've been in the staffing industry off and on for about 17 years now um so i had a, a good job to come back to even if if it wasn't for the same company, I knew I could pick up another job. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I've been doing recruitment and always we were a veterans first organization, right? So always try to find a veteran to fill one of the positions. One of the biggest challenges though are to me, and Tyler might have a better outlook on this than me, but I believe in the Army and the Marine Corps, we get trained to task, not to um career level really so you can take a, a person that's maybe a aircraft mechanic or a helicopter mechanic for the navy and that person can get a job at pratt and whitney as a mechanic but the same person that's doing that in the marine corps or the army can basically get a job at jiffy loop you know so there's a big disparity there in the amount of training that they provide to uh the army and the marine corps specifically um you know the guys and girls that are getting out of the the navy and the air force are at a much higher level education wise for a civilian career than the others um so you know when i i speak to my friends children and they're like oh i'm going to join the military i'm going to go in the army I'm like no you're not you're going to the air force you're going to the navy and here's your career path and this is what you should do um you know but you know we all uh we all fall in love with the, oh i'm gonna kick down doors and blow shit up, or excuse me, blow stuff up and, uh, you know, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it's cool when you're 18, but you're 30, 32, 34, maybe thinking about starting a family, get another career when you get out. Like Tyler said, you end up working at the gun range or you work at the gun store. Or, um, you know, they're telling you there's a spill in aisle seven, or would you like a an extra shot of espresso in your coffee, you know, and that's, that's one of See, the that big is, problems. It's, 
That is so different from what uh, my impression was until you guys just changed it literally a minute ago. Because, you know, one of the things that we talk about or amongst ourselves when we're looking at hiring a person is that we like to hire on personality, right? You know, your how you deal with people, how you deal with situations, how well you communicate. These are all soft skills that are so important and they're very hard to teach. We can teach somebody how to monitor a, a SIM, how to look at glass. We can teach someone how to integrate technology A with technology B and do it on a repeatable basis. We can train them to pass a test. But if they are not good communicators, if they don't know how to think out of the box and make a spur of the moment decision and, and take responsibility for that decision, those are skills that I don't know that anybody can really teach. They're acquired with life's experiences, if you will, right? And when I, Tyler, I look at your background and your experience, yeah, you were infantry, but I'm thinking, Okay, split-second decision-making, you know, evaluating a situation, looking at what needs to be done and when you might not have all the resources to do it. So while you may not directly be a, a project manager or a PMP-certified person or, you know, a, a risk evaluator or something like that, all the qualities that are necessary to actually become successful after acquiring a skill like that are present, right? And, mm -hmm. and so we're big fans of hiring veterans because they come with that, those soft skills that are very, very hard to find. And I'm actually a little surprised that other employers don't look at it in the same way, you know? Like in the management consulting world, we would hire kids with history majors who would then become technology consultants, you know, after six months of training. But you were hiring on personality. We were hiring on communication skills, on how well-spoken they are. Are they presentable? Are they, you know, all those things yeah. that really matter when you're delivering your end product to a client. But I, I wish more it, employers thought like you, more hiring managers. It's brutal, you know. They're yeah. just they're looking at these old job descriptions that were written 30 years ago, you know, and they they just have a hard time uh, uh, understanding there's more to a person than whether he has 10 years experience or five years experience or what school he went to. Um, but you're 100% right. You know, the military, I feel, just from my experience in evaluating, is like the best I training grounds around for the civilian you know, workforce, you know? And it's free. Sounds like it's free to the civilian business owner right. to get a, get a veteran. You know, it's, it's not just about being cash trained. You're, you're on the right track with that, Manoj. The, the soft skills that they bring to the table, um, the work ethic, you know, we don't have the opportunity to not go to work every day, you know, especially if you're deployed, you're working, you know, oh, there's a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, there, there's a lot of that, which makes us, I think, more patient than most, you know, but I, I think 
maybe from a PR standpoint, like what you're saying, maybe the PR should be this, that um, instead of thinking, oh, that person's a veteran, they may snap. Why don't we look at them as a person and say, okay, well, you know what? They need a shot. They need that opportunity to get that job to provide for themselves and their family. Um, that's one of the biggest stressors, I think. You, you come home, you don't feel like you fit in anymore. You don't know where you're going. You know, I was just having a conversation with a good friend of mine from the Army, known him 21 years, right? And one of our one of our takeaways the other day was you're on a squad. You would do anything for your squad members, you know, anyone in your, your company. You'd do anything for them. Why does that end the day that you ETS? Why? It, it shouldn't. You know, um, there's a way for us to network, and I think we should take more advantage of that. But that goes further. That goes into the family side as well. You know, I, I might know Tyler, and Tyler's leaving, so I call my friend back home and say, "Hey, I know this really good guy. He's about to leave. He needs a he needs a job. Why don't you give him a shot?" That's the kind of networking that we need to do, and I think it'll help our veterans as we get out and try to transition out. Give us that first step, you know, because we're always looking for that what's next, you know, and sometimes that opportunity isn't there when people have already put us into a, a box, you know, and it, it can't be that one one size fits all, you know. So that's one of the things that I was so happy for us to start with at Seven Eagle, you know, we're, we're identifying a hole in a market, you know, there's would say 350,000 jobs is just in cyber alone. And it's growing yep. at 20% on average. Those are good careers, as Tyler was saying. They're good careers, they're secure, and you know that you can have a not only a work um, environment that you can work in, but you can also have a family life. You know, you're not, you're not working 75 hours a week to try to make some overtime to feed your family, you're working a regular nine to five job or whatever with a, a sock being 24 seven, it could be a shift, whatever. But yeah, I was going to say, able to, oh. it's a little, <laughs> we're a little beyond nine to five right now, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, mean, I think we're all, I think we're all suffering from that. I'm working from home. So I just made 15 more hours yeah. today in a 24 hour day. Yeah. But uh you know, I think as the world goes back to work, whether it be in a remote status like this or not, I think we're going to get better as employers and as employees or entrepreneurs and business owners at how we define work and how we create work and how we work from home or remotely or whatever. But I think that that work and life balance is what a lot of us are missing when we come home um, and we don't know how to put our finger on it. Um, so I, I think that's one of the reasons that this program means so much to us at Seven Eagle Group and why we put so much thought and effort into it and try to partner with companies like uh, Dark Rhino to really bring a better product to our veterans and give them every opportunity that we may or may not have had when we came home. I'll get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, please. Uh, so are you folks working at all with any state, local governments or federal governments to, in, to get incentives for employers to potentially hire veterans or 
is that not a part of your mission profile uh, at Seven Eagle Group? We are currently in the process of uh, getting in what they call an IRAP, an industry recognized apprenticeship program put in place. Um, as I'm okay. sure you can understand, there's a lot of paperwork and it's a in detailed process. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's in the works. We're gonna say so that one's working it's, itself out as well. Um, and then we're also working with SkillBridge, the OD SkillBridge program, to try to, to create a similar program for the transitioning soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, um, so that they might be able to work with us for the last six months of their duty station before they ETS. And actually get some more of those, you know, work skills instead of just the soft skills. So, you know, these are long processes. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of back and forth questions. And oh, I wish sure it was just it a little bit more simple. But, but I think Tyler's laughing at me because he knows what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's it's government thing. It's got to involve at least you know seven seven different forms, three of which have to be filled out before you can fill out those exact forms if that makes sense <laughs> but then also the uh there's a, a federal work opportunity tax credit so any business in the country that hires a uh a veteran <clears throat> excuse me who's has honorable discharge and been has been out of work for at least a month is entitled to a uh, a 2400 to 9600 tax credit so not the reason anyone should hire a veteran, but it's a really nice perk nonetheless. Are there other nuggets like that, Jordy, that you can share with us? <laughs> and and then certain <laughs> states and cities have uh, often have individual programs, you know, specific programs for hiring unemployed veterans. So there are some areas that are, you know, doing good things to help. And what kind of success are you seeing at Seven Eagle? with the efforts you folks are putting in place. Are you seeing a very high placement rate come about now with the veterans you're working with? Yeah, I mean, it's every every situation is different. I mean, as Jay mentioned, we do a lot of different um, types of hires, everything from a freelancer uh, who's working from home to a contract worker to a direct hire. Um, and we work with companies directly. Well, they'll reach out and say, hey, we're looking for a, you know, cybersecurity analysts or a Java developer or a maintenance technician. And then we play matchmaker and go try to find that that uh, appropriate veteran for them. And we have good success rates at, at, uh, at doing that. But this whole initiative that we just launched this year to train veterans in these emerging technologies is extremely exciting to us because we're, we're going to be filling uh, a, a very shallow talent pool with some incredible uh, incredible workers we know who who you know corporate america is going to value jay i guess a question for you here would be folks that are exiting the military what is their expectation of entering the civilian world are they looking are, are you seeing more of these folks wanting to be in the gig economy or are they actually looking for permanent placements i think it really depends on their mof and and by that i mean you got guys and girls in units that have a high op tempo. They feel like they're going to get out and they're going to go create that same type of environment and work in that same type of environment. And you know, the the largest employers for veterans are you know usually the DoD contractors. But 
you can only do that for so long, I think, and have a, any kind of life. You're not going to have a family life if you keep into that same routine. Because, I mean, how long can you run and gun for before your body starts to give out, right? Um, and then the the civilian side, you know, like I said, you, you want to make another shot of espresso or do you want to clean up aisle seven? So I, I think the intention when we leave and the actuality of when we come home are two different things. They're diametrically opposed. Um, so I think, you know, I've seen it with tech schools and, and we all know that one recruiter that could get Johnny to sign on the line and promise him the world. And um, yeah, I think we're promised a certain certain career path when we come home and that's really not what it is. Uh, and then, you know, I'm gonna sound old for a second, you know, with the AVA comment, but, uh, <laughs> I think with the, with the way, with the uh, with all the social media and every other platform out there now, I think more and more of the the younger veterans that are coming home and transitioning, I think that they believe that they're going to be some internet star or an influencer, and those are all those all that is garbage and it's all dead now anyway since everyone's been home for the last almost 17 years it feels like. I believe that all that influencer stuff is over with. Um, I believe that the gig economy is going to go even faster than it was. You know, by 2025, they had estimated 82% of the jobs would be working from home. Uh, I believe we are streamlining that process as we speak because more and more of us are going back to work and we're doing it from our kitchen table, doing it from that back room, wherever we can to get the job done. Um, but there's always going to be those jobs that need hands-on, you know. There are, you know, you can't, you can't do a gig economy in plumbing. You know, you can't be a gig economy welder. It doesn't work that way. Um, but I, nope. I think. Yeah, and you, you can't know, do a gig economy in a sock either. I mean, you yeah. securities operations center, you can't run it from home. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this on several occasions, but, uh, you know, we all think that DD-214 is going to solve all our problems when we come home, right? And, you know. <laughs> It doesn't mean a thing after we leave. It just means that we did our job and we served our time and, and now we're home. Now let's try to make it work. Mind you, yeah, DD-214 might get you the door open. The rest is up to you, though. You know, you've got to sell yourself. You've got to, you've got to be educated enough on the company that you're looking to work for, the position that they're open, and, and really where you want to be. You can't just call it in. You know, you can't just apply for a job. You know, you hit all these job sites and you can apply for a thousand jobs in 10 minutes. That's fantastic from a volume volume standpoint, but you put no work or effort into your own career at that point. So my, my takeaway is we have to get better at doing our job and our job is our career and our, our own personal well-being and family life, you know. Listen, at the end of the day, I think most of us would do whatever we took, whatever it took as far as a job to pay the bills, put food on the table, everything else. But if we really want to take control of our lives and our careers and design that life that we want, we have to put a little effort in. You know, nothing is handed to us. Was anything handed to you in the military? No, you got to work for it. So you got to put that same effort forth effort forth when you're coming out and trying to get that career afterwards, you know, find, well, yeah, find but a, you know what, Jay, what, you, 
Jay, what you're saying to a large degree I've seen applies to a lot of young people even coming out of college, right? Where if they didn't have that internship while they were in college and they didn't pursue uh, a focused career path while they were still in college and and developing that path, uh, they're coming out and they're doing a lot of the same things uh, where just applying at 10,000 places and and you know shooting in the dark i mean that is a very unlikely way to land on a job i'm sure that the law of numbers does come into play if you put in a million resumes there's an odd that something's going to hit somewhere it's it's going to work but ultimately you have to um do all the things of networking researching what companies you want, finding a way, someone to talk to there, presenting your skills. I I think uh, those, maybe there should be a little bit of a, a training on a job to get a job. There's a whole, that's a whole art, actually. It's not even a science. That's an entire art. I mean, our, our folks at Dark Rhino, by and large, I would say, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but well north of 80% of the people that we have in the company have all come because we have a connection with them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's about that's accurate. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know that we have hired anybody yet off a plain resume. No. I'm, I'm, I'm about... 90% sure the answer to that is no, we have not. So now I'm also looking forward to the day where somebody corners me in the parking lot and says, Hey, man, I need to talk to you. Look, this is, I need a job. And here's what I'm good at. And this is what you're good at. And this is why what I'm good at makes you better at what you're good at. You know, I would love to have that conversation. But I, I have yet to see anybody proactively come out and, and make such a daring attempt. I think you, the, people might be surprised how many executives out there would be like, yeah, that's a guy or gal that could be an asset. If they have the guts to be direct with me and they're clear about what they want, then chances are they're going to be clear, direct, and be gutsy on the team. And those are attributes that could make a difference. Right. But what about uh, nuts too, that, nobody, that nobody teaches that to kids growing up, you know, like why aren't there courses like that in high school and college? And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things in high schools that are not, are simply not taught. Um, I'm working. I, I shouldn't say I, we, Tyler and I and Kevin and all the partners, Dark Rhino is working with uh, another, uh, a, a nonprofit out of Pittsburgh that is looking to try and help disadvantaged kids in high schools uh, with careers in cybersecurity. And we're hearing a lot of the same things there. You know, there, these things are not taught. Uh, there's not an awareness of it. And you know, a lot of times people think that the best path is, well, I'm going to go high school to military college or high school to college, have a pile of student debt, 
and then I'm going to get out and get this massive job that's going to clear it all. In some cases, it might come to pass, but in a large number of cases, it does not come to pass that way, right? I And I think um, kids need to think of alternate ways of achieving what they want. I, getting out of college with a six-figure debt puts you at a massive disadvantage in life for many, 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 many years to come, right? If you can figure out a way to not do that, you are going to be way ahead of the curve. And uh, and I was about to ask that uh, to you, Jordy and Jay, do you see a lot of folks who are getting out of the military taking advantage of uh, the military paying for college or a lot of people are not putting their benefits to use in that regard. Well, um, I think a lot of us, when we come home, we try to use that GI Bill or whatever other form of funding that we have for our schooling. Um, a lot of times, though, we, we don't. Um, I think it's 50-50, frankly. Um, I, I see some people that go back to school years later and some that get out of the military and go right to school. You know, um, I think it really depends on your life situation. Are you coming home and starting a family immediately? If so, maybe you're not going to school out of the gate you're going to go to work and try to, you know, afford a house and a car and, you know, everything else that we need is creature comfort. Um, and then I, I, I've seen too many, schools out there going after the GI Bill dollar and not really providing a value. Um, and that that's one of the things that when Jordy and I were putting this program together, we didn't want anything to do with that. You know, we, we want to provide a service to the veterans and the spouses that we can say, you know, it, it's costing you nothing other than your time. You give us your commitment of your time and we're going to get you the soft skills and we're going to get you the the on the job training that we can and try to get you the best opportunity moving forward. I, I, I see too many schools that are, they're really just out there for the buck. You know, it's, it's like free money. Well, them, it's a business. You know? Yep. And that's the, that's the problem. I think, I think that's a huge deficit in the, in that arena and it's a shame, but I think we're going to see a reset on that with what's been going on. You know, Jordy's, Jordy's daughter's coming home, what, this week or something from school, right? Because all the schools aren't going a full semester and everything's up in the air everywhere. And, you know, I've got three younger ones and, you know, I'm playing school teacher half the time. So um, I, I think we're going to see some of the colleges are going to not make it through all this. And if they do, it's going to be a different, uh, a different offering from them. So hopefully it'll, it'll benefit everyone involved. But uh to answer your question, I think it's probably 50-50 on who uses their GI Bill and everything else in their schooling when they come home. Um, no, it, it's, a it's, it's a great program, provided it's applied to something that's going to actually yield them a career. Uh, number one challenge, talk to me a little bit about that. What do you see as uh, the biggest hurdle that you folks have to help uh, military members coming out of the service re-entering the workforce shed some light on that if you don't mind i think a direction is the biggest thing 
as I said earlier, you're looking for your what's next when you come home. What's your direction going to be? If we can, if we can set a direction, then we can set a course. Uh, and I think that's one of our biggest issues. You know, I have a very good friend. She just retired this year, 22 or 23 years in the army, uh, former first sergeant, and she sat there saying, "What's next? What do I do? I've lived this life. All my, you know." Most of my adult life has been lived in a uniform. I knew where I was going every day. I knew what I was doing every day. And now what? Now what? So direction, I think, is one of the biggest issues. You know, like I said earlier, depending on your MOS and your job in the military, if you want to stay in that career path and continue on the civilian side, or is it time to now take a pivot and figure it out? And I think that for us is, is one of the things that we try to help our, our veterans with, but it's also one of the struggles that, we all have, I think, especially when we come home. But Jay, you, you look Tyler? at the number of openings. I'm sorry, go ahead. What do you think, Tyler? I see Tyler shaking his head. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that was that was honestly because I was planning on making it a career, and um, you know, I got hurt, and that was it for me. And I had no idea what to do next. Yeah. I mean, everything for me was so structured. It was like, Jennifer. you know, what do you do? What are you working on? Well, usually there were some guys with shiny stuff on their collars that, that gave it a name. It was like, you know, an operation of some sort or another. And I could just be like, I'm on that operation. You know, what are you doing right now? Well, this is called Balak and Tan. Uh, what are you doing right now? It's Operation Enduring Freedom. You know, it, it was... <laughs> It was a lot easier, and, and you know, you get out. And it's like, well, what are we gonna eat? Like the there's a scene in, oh, what's that movie with the, the it's it's a kind of a terrible movie, but it's good in some ways. Uh, the Hurt Locker, I think, is what it's called, where he's standing there in the aisle and he's looking at all the different cereal, and you can just, I mean, like I was, I've totally been there, you know. You're just like, what do I do? You know, it's too much. It's like a sensory overload at that point. You're like, wow, this is, where am I going? You yep. Know? You look at all the openings that are available, whether in DHS or TSA uh, or the air marshal program. I mean, it seems like those people are always advertising for openings. The, the military is not funneling some of its, uh, recruits or, or members leaving into those programs? I mean, to me, it would seem like a natural place for a lot of folks to go who were in in direct frontline positions. Yeah, I know a lot of my buddies ended up, one of my buddies ended up with uh, the Air Marshal yeah. Service. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people do end up taking that route. So, uh, well, I think too is MOS, you know. Yeah. If you, if you weren't you know, Intel or SOCOM or one of the jobs that had that high up tempo, maybe had a clearance, everything else, you're not going to take a door kicker and put him or her in a sock, you know, day one. They're going to have to get some training, you know, and that's the thing. They might make excellent analysts, though, because they're used to hunting people and now they're hunting them online. But without getting that specific training, to get them to that next level, they're going to be stopped at the door. You don't have the you don't have the necessary qualifications to even make it through the applicant tracking software. You know, you're just you're not going to get there. You know, there's a huge mm -hmm. disconnect. 
you know, the job is here, you're yeah. over here. There's no bridge between it at that point, you know. The bridge between it is your skill level. And if you don't have the same skills mm -hmm. as this job, the yeah. never the two meet. You have to get there. And the only way to do that is to put the work in and get the training. You know. So yep. Jay, uh, on that note, we are coming up on the hour here, but I want you guys to plug uh, your company or anything else that you guys want to say and uh, make aware to all our listeners. Uh, and also, you know, in saying that, please let me know of anything that you want me to put in the show notes, whether it be backlinks to your website or descriptions of the program. We'll do all that, make sure it's available. But anything you want to uh, let everybody know you and Jordy that that you want to plug on the behalf of Seven Eagle. You can um I'll jump in. Uh any military veteran, any spouses out there who uh are looking for a career or or interested in possibly hiring a veteran, we would love to be of service to you. Our web address is the number seven the word eagle.com. And then likewise, if there's anyone out there who just needs someone to talk to about their career, we have some incredible people uh, on our team who are more than happy to volunteer their time and help any veteran or spouse or dependent with, with anything. So we're always available. And uh, we thank you guys, Tyler, Manash, thank you so much for having us on uh, and for uh, we didn't mention, but you guys are sponsoring an internship program for uh, a bunch of our students and we really appreciate that you guys are truly going to change a lot of people's lives and uh, we we appreciate being uh, being a partner of yours and hopefully you'll you'll reciprocate and come on our podcast soon too well we sure. will we're more than happy to and and we want to say thank you to you uh jordy and to you jay uh for taking the time to be here i think you guys are providing a great service out there and it's going to be of value to a lot of people. Uh, and it will be good for folks to, who listen uh, to listen into what you guys have to say here. It's, uh, it's a very honorable thing to do. So thank, thank you for doing it. Yeah, thank you, thank guys. You. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and with that, guys, I hope you have pilot. a great... <laughs> you got it, man. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, enjoy the beginning of the holiday season.